0: This is Dai X The Podcast, episode 97, for the week of October 7th, 2007. Dragon Ball Manga, a history, live from Manga Next 2007. Well, <laughs> welcome to our panel, Dragon Ball Manga, a history. Normally, I would introduce ourselves and say, you know, who we are and what we've been doing with the series, but I think I know just about everyone in the room right now, so I don't need to do a whole lot, but because we are recording this for a podcast episode, I guess we'll do the formalities anyways, so I will let the woman go first. The woman! Because that's the right thing ah, to do. Ah, yes.
1: Thank you. That's so gentlemanly of you. Uh, my name is Mary, and I run a website called of Trunks. Uh, it's been online since 1998. I think. Oh, wow. So it's coming up on 10 years. Yes. And I've been uh, watching Dragon Ball since 1995, back when it first started in syndication at like 530 in the morning.
0: And so my name is Mike. Perhaps you know me as Fujito EX or Mike, because I know who all of you are pretty much. Fantastic. I've been into the show almost as long as Mary, one year less. And I've been running a site called Daisenshu EX and this podcast panel thing is for that site. So uh, with that out of the way, as you can see, we have a plethora of Dragon Ball manga up here, and none of it is for you. It is all for me. It's from my personal collection, but we will discuss each and every bit of it. What we're going to do today is go over all of the Japanese releases, how Dragon Ball ran in Japan in manga form, and then we'll turn it over to the American releases, how it ran over here in the US, and it's actually still running, sorta, kinda, and then we'll talk about some censoring things in the future, so let's take it away with Weekly Shonen Jump or Shukan Shonen Jump. I don't actually have a real weekly jump from way back then. Instead, what I have here is a recent monthly jump. And as you can see on the cover, we have a certain Nekomajin Z. So it's essentially the same kind of thing. What jump is, is a weekly, well, weekly jump is an anthology manga where you have a couple chapters from different series and there's like little promo things and articles and all sorts of fun stuff. Shonen Jump is aimed at young boys. That's what Shonen means. And uh, Dragon Ball ran from 1984 to 1995 in Weekly Jump. This is widely considered the quote-unquote golden age of Jump. It at its highest circulation over there in Japan and uh, some of the biggest series of all times. You know, you had Dragon Ball. You've got uh, Yu Yu Hakusho and Rurouni Kenshin and other big stuff. Even today with One Piece and Naruto, it doesn't quite match Dragon Ball. You back said
1: the there. circulation for Weekly
0: Jump nowadays is, what, 3 million? According to the Wikipedia... It's it's at six million during the golden age and it is around three million right now. Props to Wikipedia on that. <laughs> so the entire series is simply called Dragon Ball over in Japan. There's no distinction between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Um as I can actually pass this around. You can see it's on pretty cheap paper. This is the toss-away version of it. They expect people to buy the compilation later on you can see there's different colors that differentiates the different series in there although sometimes they'll put in some color chapters um, special things like the trunk special had some color pages and real important chapters i'm gonna toss this over to you Nice catch. You can pass that around. <laughs> Nekomajin Z4 is in there, so you can take a look at that. And that's uh, pretty much how Jump goes. Mary. Yes, sir. The next version we are going to talk about. Don't
1: make me pronounce this. <laughs> this I hate you. This it's, is the, this. it's the It's the Tan releases of the manga. Did I say it right? Almost. Are it's, you going to reprimand me? It's not Tan. It's Tan.
0: Tan Kobon. Ah, sorry, All I didn't right. study well enough. Good enough. So what is this? You and I are actually talking about this. There's a couple words we can use to describe it, but they may not be accurate. Usually what you'll hear is something like, graphic novel, but let's go with the American meanings of these terms. How is that not accurate? In the States, graphic novel is
1: usually applied to comics that are put out strictly just in a larger format, not the typical monthly thin comic books that come out, you know, 32 pages. It it starts off just as a graphic novel. It's just, you know, bigger pages, nice glossy pages typically, a nice cover and whatnot. Nowadays, um, the phrase that they use for when something comes out in the standard monthly comic book form and then And goes into the bigger format. They call those trade paperbacks. But
0: I think in the
1: manga world here in America, they just, you know, apply the graphic novel term to that kind of thing.
0: Right. So basically they take everything that you see in the weekly jump there. They compile a whole bunch of chapters into this. And this is the Tangkobon. So this was compiled down to 42 volumes. This is black and white. Any of the color chapters that were in there, they're grayscaled down just to go with the the standard in here. And uh, they put some cool things in here, like the title pages that Toriyama drew for the chapters. Those will be thrown into, say, the back of the book, just as a little um, gallery of things in there. And uh, that's pretty much how this is. 42 volumes. The entire Dragon Ball series ran from 85 to 95. So a good 10-year run there. And I will pass this around. This is actually volume 42, so it's the last volume in the series. Nice catch. Not as good as the first one, but that was because my throat sucked. I know. (laughs) I'll do better next time. (laughs) Next thing we will talk about is the Filumu anime comics, or... um, what I like to call them is the movie color tankobon. Basically, it's something we might call manga over here in the U.S. They take screenshots from something, like the TV specials or the movies. They put the pictures in here, and then they put uh, dialogue bubbles, and they put the dialogue in there. So this particular one, this is the Bardock special, you can see, you know, just, just like manga, it's just screenshots with little dialogue bubbles in it. It's so, kind of useless.
1: It, well, the, other,
0: I mean, I guess if you like color, you know, it has a, a purpose. We'll talk about how useless these are compared to another version later on, whereas the movies and the TV specials never really had manga versions. This is sort of the closest equivalent you're going to get to those. But these are really neat because they have some extra stuff in them. For example, this Bardock one, it has a whole bunch of uh, character designs and biographies and production art and galleries like the the eye catches and the ending animations. And there's actually some interviews and uh, art in the back. And so Goku there's... penis. Thank you, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> Goku penis. <laughs> look how I pretend dragon ball is well known for goku penis (laughs) so i'll go ahead and cast this one around uh be careful i think because i scanned the back of this so many times oh no that was me scanning okay because i had trunks pictures scanning this awesome trunks picture in the back which you should check out great picture of him crying over the death of Gohan there. Um, check that out. Yeah, there's some... neat
1: stuff in here that you can't really see anywhere else. Like, normally you'd find information like that in the Daisenshu which are pretty much information encyclopedias about the Dragon Ball universe, but I don't recall seeing some of that line art no, in those books, not. so I guess if you really are into the rare stuff,
0: uh, these film anime comics have some decent goodies in them. Those are printed from 92 to 97. They did one for all of the movies, Dragon Ball movies and the Dragon Ball Z movies, and all of the TV specials, 2Z and the GT1 and also the 10th anniversary movie so those are all out. They were actually recently reprinted and I think they did kind of like 2-in-1 volumes where it's two of them put into one book to so like movies it's like a double feature right double feature in a book form so now we will move on to the Kanzenban ooh sexy very nice again I brought the last volume here this one's kind of significant and we'll tell you why that is this was a special re-release of the series that was put out in Japan from 2002 to 2004
1: now is this around the time the Japanese started doing these re-releases like was this one of the earlier ones because I know that's kind of a trend over there yeah. now
0: around 2001 into 2002, especially, there was a really big resurgence of fandom in Japan. Um, Later on, we started getting all those Dragon Box releases of all TV series and the movies on DVD. We were getting all new video games for the first time since 1997. And so this was kind of the flagship thing they were doing with the DVD box sets was a re-release of the manga. This is the Kanzenban, which is something like um, the Complete Edition. So it features really high-quality paper. You'll notice in the Tankobon, Bone the paper's not as bad as the Weekly Jump, but this is uh, a little more glossy at times for um, the color pages, and it just looks really, really, really clean, which is a big step up. And the pages are bigger. Yeah, the pages are a lot bigger. The books are bigger. And there's also all of the color chapters reinserted in here. So any of those special ones that were full color, those are all in here. And those kind of two-tone chapters are in here as well. What's uh, kind of interesting about these is that even though it was released in Japan, there's actually some slight censoring at certain points. I believe there's an example of Bulma with a cigarette very uh, early on, which they did something with, which is really out of place for Japan to censor their own things. We're used to that over here in the U.S. And there's also some art uh, touch-ups here and there. I don't know if any of you remember Enma Dayo's, um like, the check-in station in the afterlife, his big building. It says, well, come, instead of welcome, well, 2L, space, com C-O-M-E. And they changed that over here in the Japanese version to, you know, actually say welcome, the proper English word, which is something visited as well. So it's pretty neat that Japanese... Uh, Fixed up their English there. There are more chapters per book. It was originally 42 in the tankobon, but this is down to 34. That doesn't mean anything was cut. It's just more chapters per book. And it's uh, just like a better format with mm-hmm. a bigger What's pages. What's the price
1: of this compared to our standard uh, volumes that they usually put out? Um, looking on
0: the back here, this says 933 yen. So that's not bad. It's like eight bucks ish, kind of overnight. That's in comparable to what you yeah. know, the Shonen Jump compilations. Exactly. So that, that's not too bad, especially considering how many chapters you get, the really high. Quality of it, and um, if you go to maybe Book Off, I get maybe all even of this dealer's room. I don't maybe know if, if room. maybe one of the vendors from New York
1: is here. Maybe they have these for no. sale.
0: No. no, nothing. I remember that last year too. Yeah. That's, That's crazy. Shame. I see them used at Book Off for about seven fifty. Now the great thing about used Japanese manga is that they treat their manga. Fantastically. I think this. No, I think this one was new. But some of my other ones that were used, you'd never know they were used. They still had these little spine things. They had their inserts and everything. It was fantastic. But I've seen them new at like kinokunia for like twelve bucks, which still isn't too bad considering what you're getting. Do you have a question, Tansibon? Anywhere? I'm getting to the new one. Oh, and yeah. the artwork, the new yes. artwork too. So this is volume 34, and this is a special one. You'll notice the cover art. All 34 volumes had new cover, and actually, back art. You'll notice a certain author on the back here, Tori Robo. Toriyama, the author of the series, did all new cover art for all 34 volumes. And it's really, really sexy. Although
1: sometimes I find his own artwork kind of differs from what he used to do. Like, sometimes they look a little bit, I don't know, kind of chippified. Yeah,
0: they're a lot shorter than they used to be. You'll notice this a lot in uh, Nekomajin, if you check that out. Like, their heads
1: seem bigger than normal, and their bodies are really kind of skinny.
0: I think it's and sharp. Like Right, right. a like that. Mm-hmm. So the reason I brought number 34 is uh I-, I think this is kind of glossed over by fandom and it was Really important to me, Toriyama made a new ending for Dragon Ball that appeared in the Kanzenban here. And it's only a couple pages difference. It kind of leads in the exact same way. Does anyone not know the ending of Dragon Ball Z in the TV form? I don't want to completely ruin it for anyone. There's a little kid with a mohawk. You guys familiar (laughs) with him? Goku kind of takes him and goes places. Well, the difference here is in this version, it's more of an obvious passing down. Uh, he hands over Kintone and uh, they fly off together and there's a really, really sentimental shot. I'll show it to you here. It's um, Go Chibi Goku and it's like a silhouette kind of thing uh. with Oob flying off on Kintone. And this wasn't in the original. So I'll definitely pass this around. You guys can check out the slightly new ending here. And um, we don't know if this new ending is going to come out in the US, but if you guys have the flyers, I know most of you Familiar with the site, anyways, but for those who aren't, on our website, we didn't do scanlations because Viz owns it and we thought that would be inappropriate to do um, scanlations of this. But what we did is we translated the actual text from it. So you can read along with it and exactly what the differences are. So that is the Kanzenban. Well, there's also the new artwork from the other creators. Thank you for reminding me. When the Kanzenban were first coming out, every other volume had this little uh, handout pamphlet thing in there. And what was great about it was it included artwork by a current mangaka or a manga author who really looked up to Toriyama and found inspiration in him. And the first one was Oda, the author of One Piece. The second one was Kishimoto, the author of Naruto. And we also had Yoshio Sawai, who did Bobo 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 Bobo, author of Bleach, Eyeshield 21. Helsing. Helsing. Excel Saga. Thank you. You know all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Divide by Two, that's how many there were. We have scans of all those up on our site. About... Ten, I don't remember the exact number, ten of them or so were reprinted in one of the reference guides that came out in recent years. But not all of them were there, so the only way you can see them is if you purchased the first one of the Kanzenban and got all those pamphlets. And they're just, it really shows how much Toriyama had an influence on these up-and-comers. Like Oda, I've read some great interviews with him where, the one in particular is where he ran into school crying when Kududdin died for the first time. And he was showing it to all his friends. Like, oh, no, he died. And, you know, Oda does One Piece now. One Piece has been going for 10 years. It's like the same legacy of Dragon Ball. So I think that's a pretty phenomenal thing. The last Japanese manga to talk about is something I don't have. And this is the TV edition anime comics, or as we like to call just the anime manga for the TV series. Just like those movie ones, they take screenshots from the TV series, put... Dialogue bubbles and the text in there. If any of you are familiar with our site and our podcast, um, Julian, who works with us on the site, his phrase for this is redundantly redundant. The point here is that they're taking screenshots and dialogue from the TV series, which itself took the art and dialogue from the original manga. So if you're going to do this, why don't you just go back to the original manga and get the original story as presented by the author? But if that's the kind of thing you're into, they're out there. They've gone so far to the Ginyu slash Super Saiyajin arc is what they call it. Kind of weird that they don't call it the Frieza slash Super Saiyajin arc, but it's Ginyu. They've gone through, I forget exactly how many volumes there are, but they're on like an apparent hiatus. Although they've done this before and then magically they had a new arc that came out. So we're not quite sure I'm what dying they're i know who these. buys these. I know. I'd like to know, too. Um, I never saw them at Kinokuniya, so I don't know if, like, they're not even bothering to import them over here. Has anyone seen them in a store anywhere? Awesome. Really? We should go to Edgewater. I can buy these for <laughs> no particular reason. <laughs> Just for the sake of having one. Although your
1: money, Yes. That's what I say every like day. Like video games. <laughs>
0: But, you know, I don't have one up here, and it would be great to pass it around to at least see the redundantly redundantlessness thing. I'm curious about the
1: dialogue in these books. Do they take, like, every single scene from the series, or do they
0: cut, you know, some of the dialogue just right, so that like, it fits have in? Do they stupid fake Namek arc in there? I don't even know. Because, what you do know... they do about filler? Oh, oh filler. So that's uh, essentially the Japanese release of the manga. So let's take it right here. Does anyone have any specific questions about any of these releases? No. All right. So let's turn over to the American releases. And uh, the main company here is Viz. Mary, I'll let you take it away with this first one over here. I shall hold it All right.
1: Yeah, I was lucky enough to snag this when it first came out. Um... You know what? I'm really bad about the history of this. Um, I guess they started releasing Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z at the same time just to cash in on the popularity of DBZ, but at the same time, they didn't want to leave people in the dark about, you know, what's going on in Dragon Ball, because there's often times within Dragon Ball Z where there'll be a character that'll pop up, like Piccolo, and they'll be like, oh, well, this guy
0: has a history. Go check out Dragon Ball to learn more about him. Right. Kind of like Funimation and skipping the first, what, (laughs) 16 episodes of GT to get into the action. Viz did the same thing with we like, ah, oh, crap, is the popular one, let's put that out, but we don't want to ignore Dragon Ball at the same time. So they did a concurrent release of the two different series, even though it's all just Dragon Ball in Japan.
1: So these started coming out in 1998. This was back when Viz was still big into putting out their manga in this format, which you know, back when you think about it, you're paying how much was this? Two ninety five for a couple of pages. <laughs> now you can get you know a full blown graphic novel for you know eight, nine, ten bucks, depending on what line it's under. So yeah, this is kind of a rip off, and it's astonishing that this kind of way of publishing sustained itself for so long. But I guess it Tokyo Pop. Right. That's true. And then Tokyo Pop came along like, oh, 10 bucks.
0: And we have ah. a whole discussion about their graphic novels to go through. <laughs> Sticking with these for a second. These actually ran until 2003. That's actually, and surprised at how long that. that lasted, five yeah, years. exactly. And that was um, up till they started putting out what you see over here, which is the domestic Shonen Jump. They were still doing these and then putting them into the trade paperbacks or what they call graphic novels. And um, we said they split the series up into DB and DBZ. So we'll turn it over to Viz's graphic novels. This is actually how they first came out. You'll notice this is a bit larger than what you may see um, available in stores now. Uh, This started coming out in 2000. They were censored when they first came out. I remember...
1: um What was the big scandal back then? There was, like, some incident at Toys R Us? Toys
0: R Us. A mother saw something on the shelf. It was like a Goku peepee or something. She threw a shit fit, and that's what caused Dragon Ball to become censored. Well, in the manga, anyways. Right, in the manga. And then there was a major fan uproar. Um, Not just online, but, you know, they were getting letters and everything. This went back and re-released, I think it was the first three volumes, uncensored. And what you'll see on here is for ages 13 and up, down the bottom right. Despite the fact it's completely, you know, juvenile Right. when it comes down to it. But, oh, penis, 13 and up. Right, exactly. You can't handle little boy penises, oh no. These, um, as you can probably imagine, were discontinued in favor of what you see over here, which we'll get to in a couple minutes. So these are not really collector's editions anymore, but um, I still see some bookstores trying to sell them, like, they never were able to get rid of them, and they still sit on the shelf. I don't think they're ever going to be able to sell these anymore.
1: I don't know if it's because it's taller, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of chapters in this thing. Does this correspond to the Japanese version? yes yeah, it of corresponds to... exactly,
0: oh, just like okay. with the, the later ones. They're shown in Jump, random ones, the original ja- uh, Japanese, Tonko Bone. This came out for twelve ninety five, dollars 95 which, um, as you were saying, was a little more expensive back then for graphic but novels. But it's slightly
1: cheaper than what they were, because they were 20 bucks, and they kind of went down for 15 for a while. And I guess this era, they were starting to drop the price a bit more
0: right
1: but it's this is really weird to see viz you know kind of clinging to this size of graphic novels when other companies are starting to adopt the smaller versions
0: something i noticed on here i don't think it's present on the shonen jump branded ones but it actually this is volume 8 it says db 8 of 42 so they acknowledge that dragon ball and dragon ball z were two different series they gave you the appropriate numbers it's more important for dbz when it starts at like 17 or 18 or something and they, you know that's that specific volume isn't that cover see how like the the picture here right right which one would you say is more uh the the later shonen jump ones are a little more close to the japanese ones Mm -hmm. simply because they have the box with the image you'll notice on this the cover image is almost like a cutout of the original japanese one with the little um shenlong image in the background so it's the same art just done a a slightly different way so i'll go ahead and pass this one around Yep. fantastic And we'll take it over to Shonen Jump, uh, I guess you would say Magazine, the U.S. version of it. This uh, was previewed at the end of 2002. There was an issue zero that came out, and they had one chapter from a whole bunch of different series that were going to be in there. And it started in January 2003. It's still going today. It's a pretty big thing for Viz. And it's essentially... like a sister publication to the Japanese version, whereas they have weekly and then they had their monthly and all the other different versions. We just have Shonen Jump here. It's a monthly anthology that comes out. So DBZ picked up in here where those monthlies left off. They canceled those monthlies because it was coming over here. It wouldn't make sense to have the monthlies and the Shonen Jump, and then we'll do the graphic novels. So Dragon Ball actually continued for a little bit, but DBZ picked up in here. They started with the Trunks arc, and it went to the end of the entire Cell arc in 2005. And at that point, they said, all right, you know what, we're going to take this out of Shonen Jump, and they switched over to graphic novel only at that point. So for uh, like two, three years... The uh, cell arc in DBC was first premiered in here, and then went over to the graphic novel version. About halfway through its run over here in Shonen Jump, this is when things at Viz started to change a little bit. And we're going to talk about some of that stuff later on. But this is where name changes and censoring and that kind of stuff came back. When Shonen Jump first came out, I don't know how many of you remember this. One of the big things Viz was saying was, we're presenting this to you in the most raw form possible. We're using the original Japanese names for Yu-Gi-Oh! And they made a real big deal about preserving it. Um, they've always used Kudan instead of Krillin. And um, Tenshinhan instead of Tien. And they reference a whole bunch of Japanese stuff. All of a sudden, other things came up, and we'll talk real specifically about some of those later on. That was about halfway through its run over here in Shonen Jump. So I will pass this around. This is, what issue is this? October 2004, so it was still kind of going strong here. You'll see Super Saiyan Goku Goku's on the cover. They've got a Dragon Ball Z trivia contest inside here. DBZ's always been pretty big. And even though it's no longer in there, Dragon Ball is still a pretty big thing for Shonen Jump Magazine. Just recently, they had a Dragon Ball Collector segment, where it's kind of like a, a mini information guide, and they also did the Last chapter of Majin Z, which is uh, a Toriyama parody. And uh, they always like to reference Dragon Ball because it was so big. It was one of their flagship titles. Do you have any, like, memories of. Did you read much of DBZ and Shonen
1: Jump as we were getting it? You know what? I really don't recall. I don't think I did because I figured I knew the show already. Right. I think I probably read the Trunk stuff and some of the early Android stuff, and I probably stopped after that. I don't think that's when the changes were taking place, like right. the edits and whatnot. So I don't right. think I stopped,
0: you know, oh, because, you know, they were pissing me off or anything. I just didn't have any You'll also notice in there there's a lot of uh, reviews and previews. They plug the video games, all sorts of other things that are going on in their various jump universes. And They'll talk a lot about the jump festas over in Japan, so that's pretty neat stuff. So we'll take it over now to the Shonen Jump branded graphic novels. This was a really big thing for Viz, and this is kind of when they took the industry back from Tokyo Pop. Um, You'll notice this is a lot smaller. It's more closer to... more closer... More closely resembles the Japanese tankobon size. It's a little bigger but a lot smaller than their original release. What they did here is they branded everything from their Shonen Jump magazine with this new Shonen Jump graphic novel form. Um, A lot cheaper. I think this is what $7.95 that they put them out for over here in the US. So it's a little cheaper than the the $9.95 that maybe Tokyopop was doing and even they were doing for some of their other stuff. The entire series has been released in this format. They canceled their monthlies. They canceled the larger size graphic novels. They went and redid whatever they had done in the larger size in this format. And these are kind of like the the ultimate version from Viz as it stands right now.
1: Until they release their,
0: what is it, the 3-in-1s? Right, we have some future news that I guess we can talk about in a little bit. But this isn't just a a re-release or everything that they've done so far. They touched some stuff up in here, which is a little interesting. Um, There's some minor translation touch-ups here and there. They um, changed some of the attack names back over to the Japanese rather than... They're somewhat strange English translations from time to time. Do you have any examples of some of their weird attack names? Uh, Makanko Sapo, Piccolo's Attack. This one, unfortunately, never changed. I think it was like Light of Death that they translated it as. Most people think that they just couldn't fit the actual translation in the text box, which I'll acknowledge. It's kind of long to put in there. It's like devil screw beam cannon kind of thing. It's... Got a lot to it. The Ma is the same as Ma Jr. Daimao. It's the demon there. I think another one is Kikoho, Han's Attack, which I think was Spirit Cannon, something like that. I think they put the original Japanese back in over there. And uh, Gohan's Masenko that they put back in there. But there's also some other neat stuff in here. You'll notice at the very beginning of the book, there's a little picture and some personal notes by Toriyama. These weren't in the previous releases. And they're neat. They're kind of like little insights into his he talks life. talks about his son and Tenshin. his dogs. And... Right. His dog. No, I'm not getting sleep because I'm working. <laughs> his dog was which has since died because this was a very long time ago. So it's almost kind of creepy where you're reading about his life back in the 80s. And, you know, this dog is definitely no longer on this earth. So that's a little sad to read along with. All of the censoring that came from, like, the mid-Shonen Jump Run, that's still prevalent over in here. They even went back and re-re-re-re-censored some other things. But we'll talk about those um, in the next segment here.
1: I notice that has a spine
0: yes, image, it, too. it does. It has the spine images. The original graphic novels did as well. If you look on the spine, uh, if you put all 42 volumes together, it creates this uh, long image of everyone running, which I think was kind of paid homage to in one of the GT endings where it has everyone running a little... Uh, vertical panels. That's pretty neat. Except for when he duplicates characters. Yeah, I think Yajirobe's on there twice. It's kind of funny that Yajirobe is not really all that significant of a character, but he kind of forgot that he drew him there. (laughs) So now we're going to turn it over to some specific censoring examples that took place in the Viz translation. Mary, you were mentioning earlier uh, Piccolo, for example. If you start reading the DBZ... Oh, I
1: wish I brought that. I did take that out, but I don't know why it's not here. Um, He he speaks with the... I don't want to call it an accent... But, because uh, it's text, it's, he just has a very unusual form
0: of speaking. It's extremely like formal. formal. <laughs> English kind of thing. And even Bulma had something going on early where it's like a Valley Girl accent. Those things kind of went away over time. I think some of that were carryovers from when Trish Ledoux was doing some of the early translations and uh, text work on it. I think they're actually called Trish-isms. Uh, do you, like, Ronmo's really big with this kind of stuff, the TV series, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. But another thing is they would write in the margins... For example, don't know who Piccolo is? Check out the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai from Dragon Ball. And they would kind of plug things back and forth. Or if you go back over to the original series, they would say, is this the end of Goku? Well how do you explain DBZ? So check that out. Those weren't present in the original. They, they couldn't have been because, you know, Z never existed. How, they, how could they write that kind of thing? Let's talk about some, some name changes, some attacks, just some general uh, wording changes. Mary, you were telling me Viz is really big on movie references. Well, they
1: were back in like the oh, mid to late '90s, time. especially with you know their Ranma OVA releases. They would mm-hmm. um, title each videotape based on like a, a movie title parody. Like there was "Desperately Seeking Shampoo" and "One Flew Over the Kuno's Nest." And I'm kind of surprised to see a little bit of that kind yeah, of punning you know sort of humor prevalent in this uh, dragon ball stuff considering how much later it is i mean yeah, it's only really one instance of it that i can think of but
0: right and this would be sergeant metallic from the red ribbon army they named him full metal jacket which is kind of strange i mean they kept everyone else's name we had red we had murasaki we had you know all the other colors so metallic why, why would you change his name he's he's a sergeant you might as well keep his name that was a little weird the big one mr satan His name, it carried over from the Funimation version as the dreaded H-word, which is uh, Hercule. Now, on the flyer, you'll notice in the bottom right-hand corner, we actually have uh, a little image of this. When it was coming out in Shonen Jump for the first time, they actually acknowledged, yes, his name is Mr. Satan in the original Japanese version. Which, at that point, I could give a little credit to, because you know, you're know you putting this out in Shonen Jump magazine. They want to maintain
1: consistency, it's I guess. Just, well,
0: Appeal to people who right. maybe are coming over from the Th- TV that's show. That's the thing. Even though they're trying to say, you know, we're presenting it in this the raw format, the, dare I say, the way it was meant to be read, uh, they do want to acknowledge that there are the younger kids reading there. We were really hoping that when it came over to their graphic novel form, these things would you know be changed, and he would actually be Mr. Satan. Unfortunately, that that didn't happen. So that name is in there. What's interesting is, you know, I mentioned earlier, they they use Kiddedin and not Krillin. And so to have them follow Funimation logic at this point is a, a little strange because they never really... They even made some jokes at Funimation from time to time. I think there was something in the scene where Vegeta uses the Powerball to become Ozaru, and there's something, you know, in the original Funimation dub, Goku makes some comment about, oh, he must be the one who killed my grandfather, and the original Japanese Goku is not that stupid. He actually figures it out what happened. And there's a little play on words in there where it almost seemed like Viza was stabbing a Funimation a little bit there, like haha, you morons, what are you talking about? And then things like this would happen where they would use Hercule, like oh, that's really weird. Uh, another interesting one was Majin Boo. Now this is not a mistranslation; it's not a name change per se. It's an interesting way of using it. The way that they did it was instead of Majin Boo, his name is still Boo, Bu, but it's Boo Bu the Jin or the Jin Boo, and that's spelled D J I N N. Uh, it actually comes from Arabic. It's where we get the word genie. Obviously, Majin Buu has a very uh, Arabian style to him. He's got the, the sash and the pants and all that. This word has never been seen in um, Dragon Ball fandom up until this point. Funimation went with the word Majin, which is pretty neat that they even stuck with that. Fandom has always called him Majin Buu. We even invented Majin Vegeta to go along with that name. So for Viz to suddenly kind of make their own consistency with names I kind of here, feel like they're doing it for the sake of being different. Yeah, they did a lot with... Um, and we'll talk about another one here, like trying to prove something about the name puns and where the names come from, which again is not incorrect. I think it's really important to say they are not incorrect in what they said. It was just interesting to note how against the grain of fandom, they kind of took some of these name changes. So Boo is strange, but then we have things like Neko Majin is actually coming out from Viz now, where they kept the Majin part of it. So it's kind of strange that we don't have Z, the... Genie cat, or something like that. So it's kind of strange that they haven't changed that. Do you have any other comments? Oh, I think we want to talk about the M. You're really big on this. Yeah, we've had debates. (laughs) Long
1: philosophical debates, or not. Yeah, the M on, you know, Majin Vegeta and on the belt that they wear. You know, to me, that blatantly means Majin. I, I mean, it could mean other stuff. I mean it's open to interpretation, right. we, I guess, is we what have we're Majin. getting
0: at. We could have just the general word magic. We also have the word Mom? Madoshi, which is I guess what you would say Babidi is, he's like a warlock, wizard, magician kind of thing. That's what that means. But fandom has always took the M to mean Majin, Majin Boo, Majin Vegeta. And when you have the word Jean in there, to someone who doesn't know the history of it, that might seem a little strange, like, all right, why is there an M on him? His name is Boo. That's Bobbity. He's a genie. All right, I'm a little confused here. It's, again, Viz kind of like making their own consistency here that just goes against the grain. But we'll leave Boo behind and we'll talk about my namesake, Vegito. I go by Vegito EX because Vegito is the strongest character and I have to be the strongest person. (laughs) On the internet. (laughs) On on the internet, exactly. The character's name is Vegito. The name pun comes from Kakarotto. Which is Goku's Japanese name? You know, we just use Kakarot. Viz uses Kakarot. The pun there is on carrot. It comes from Vegeta. Vegeta's name. Vegeta Kakaroto. Vegeto za a double T sound there so the elongated sound so when you bring that over to English if you're using Kakarot instead of Kakarotto you don't have that O anymore so what do you do interestingly Funimation uses Vegito although an interesting spelling of it I think they use V-E-G-I-T-O the almost the accepted fandom spelling has been V-E-G-E-T-T-O you take that double T from Kakaroto. In Final Bout, when it came out in 1997, they spelled Vegito the way I spell it with the two Ts, so even Funimation changed their name spelling later on. Viz changed the name to, I would say Vegerot, but it's probably Vegirot or Rot, or that's the problem. How the hell do you pronounce his name? I don't really know. So the deal there is they use Kakarot, so I guess we'll spell it Vegirot. <laughs> it's not Vegirot like it. rotting vegetables? <laughs> well, it's a rotting <laughs> vegetable, exactly. <laughs> It's not the character's name. Is it a correct translation? I mean, they're getting
1: the, sure. the pun. It's like an Americanized version of the pun. It's like, right. yes, we we get it. Another okay. example
0: they've done, which I can actually see more accurately using, would be Jis. His original Japanese name is Jisoo. Um He's one of the Tokusentai. sentais, the red one with the long white hair. Uh, the name pun there is on cheese. jisu cheese. And so I think they spell it something like J H. E-E-C-E or something it's like weird. that. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Um, to really bring out the name puns and the spellings they use. But for this, I don't know. Does anyone here have any feelings on Vegerot versus Vegito? I'm torn, but I always come back to his name is Vegito. Even though I, I understand and acknowledge where that name came from, it's the character's name. You can't really change a character's name like you did with Mr. Satan and Hercule. So that, that's kind of what happened to that character. Anyone have any thoughts? Yes. Well, there would have been a problem if they kept Kakarato, but they didn't right. to preserve the pun, so right. I guess they did the best they could. I agree. Um, otherwise, we wouldn't have comics like uh, Mike Burr's Vegera-E-X. So. <laughs> I became Vegera-E-X shortly with a scouter and a beard. It was my <laughs> evil alter ego. I get that. <laughs> <laughs> so... That is uh, Vegerot. We have uh, another, this isn't a name change. It's more of an attack censoring. We have Hell's Flash, which was um, number 16's attacker. He, he, he takes off his arms, yet still holds his arms at the Under same his armpits.
1: Time.
0: <laughs> you guys familiar with Futurama? I think it's like the first episode. Bender, his arms fall off, but he picks them back up and puts them back on himself. And Fry's like, I don't know how you did that. It's kind of like the same thing with 16 here, doing his Hell's Flash. He, er, boom kind of thing they uh change this to inferno blast all right i i get the connection here hell inferno maybe dante's inferno maybe that's what you're going for but this is the point in the series where all of a sudden viz refused to curse in dragon ball there were no more dams no more bastards all of a sudden it's curse you and rats and that kind of thing so hell <laughs> disappeared from this And again, we were hoping when it came over to the graphic novel form, Hell's Flash would be back in there. It wasn't. It was still Inferno Blast. And that kind of leads us into art censoring. Around the same time, there's this um, spread of all the characters flipping off Cell. They were all changed to just this, just fists. I I know for audio people listening, you kind of can't see this, but I'm holding up my fist in the air. They were all... And there's like that little stump of the middle finger there. <laughs> it's kind of like, I see what you did there. But this isn't the first time they censored things. We were talking about the little ding dongs earlier on in the series. <laughs> when we got to late in the series, these were censored as well. There's a lot. Let's go through some of these examples. In Dragon Ball Volume 9, during the, the Baba stuff going on, Bulma's shirt comes off, and we got female anatomy things going on here. In the first printing, they were preserved. They were there in their full (laughs) glorious, gloriousness. The the next couple printings, all of a sudden she was wearing a bra. So these kind of things started happening. Things were painted over, things were removed. I have uh, an example here on the flyer that I passed out in the bottom right. This is from the very end of the cell arc when Trunks goes back to his timeline. You'll notice that 17 is holding a gun directly to this man's chin. And that gun was removed. Even though I think you very clearly see him reaching in for it. In the panel one page
1: before that, mm-hmm. he's, like, reaching, you know, for it. And it's, like,
0: in the next panel, is like, it's, like, woo, Yes.
1: Also, what I noticed is that his gun is back in his holster. Oh, is, is wow. It I didn't notice
0: that. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> his gun is back in his holster. Not too shabby. So maybe he's, like, ha, ha, ha. I'm just fooling with you. I'm just going <laughs> to bash your skull in instead. Maybe that's a little better. I, I don't know. But if you look closely, you can see his knuckle isn't quite parallel with the rest of his knuckles. Yeah. Things are a little strange in the artwork there. Well, We talked about that. More guns. Um, I actually haven't seen this one, but I read about it because I stopped buying the manga after the Frieza arc because I just couldn't deal with this stuff anymore. <laughs> but the the criminals in the Boo arc that assassinate the, the old couple and they go after the dog as well, I guess their guns were chained into, like, laser blasters or something. This is one of those moments in Dragon Ball which is really almost over the top, where someone's actually shot and killed. This is really out of place. It's always key blasts and giant, you know, key explosions. This was just, you know, cold-blooded murder. And so they had to change this a little bit, and we got some blasters in there. Probably one of the most significant changes that they did to art was Mr. Popo's lips. Mr. Popo, as you know, is a black man. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of. He... He's actually what you might call a gene or a genie up there. What was done with Mr. Popo's lips is that they were colored, so you no longer see the white outline of his lips. This is something Toriyama is very well known for. Japan isn't the most culturally sensitive of lands over there, so we still have these stereotypes being drawn. Especially, you know, Dragon Ball began in 85. This was... Still a big thing for them. So what Viz did for the entirety of the series—it's actually a couple other characters that happened to as well. Mr. So Popo for
1: um, the Red Ribbon
0: Army. Black I, I the, believe so. Yes, black as well in the Red Ribbon Army. They painted over his lips as well. The whole series is like this. So the deal here is that it's—it's it's almost Toriyama using that Sanbo st- stereotype of you know, the blackface kind of thing going on. They didn't really want to get into that, so they painted over his lips. This one's more up to your own personal interpretation of how you feel about that. Uh, is it that big? It doesn't change the story. It doesn't really change the character. It doesn't change the intent of the character or anything, but it's there, and we should at least acknowledge that's something Viz did with it.
1: Do we know why they suddenly started you know, going gung-ho with this censorship?
0: We, or like, what, what year was this? Like <laughs> there were... I know a little bit. I don't know a whole lot. There were some changes going on internally at Fizz. There were some people coming. There were some people leaving. There were some management decisions. You'll notice that across the board, things started happening, especially in all of the Shonen Jump manga. Uh, we had Solo come in. We had dub names pop up in other series where they weren't before. All of a sudden, characters that were first introduced wouldn't have their Japanese names. They would have their like four kids equivalent of that kind of name instead. So that was uh, a little sad to see happen. But that's what Viz has been doing. It's, it's important to note that the actual translations of the text isn't that bad. It's usually pretty good, but things kind of add up over time. You know, I think for me, Hercule was the straw that broke the camel's back. Like You're almost insulting my intelligence at this point. You've already done your 13 and up. You put it out censored. You get the fan uproar. You made a big deal of we're going to put it out uncensored now. And then you do Shonen Jump. We're bringing it to you in the raw format. And all of a sudden, we get Hercule. It's kind of like kicking the fans when they're down again. Like, oh, come on, guys. What are you doing here? So it was really sad to see them go that route. But unfortunately, that's how it is. And um, for all we know, things could change in the future. So let's talk about the future now. In America, Viz has announced they're going to be doing these three-in-one, what they call omnibus volumes, where it's three volumes per one giant book. We don't know, are they going to have, like, the Konzinban-style things, where they have the new ending and the touched-up artwork and all that stuff. Is it going to be uncensored? Are they going to fix some of these translation things? We have no idea whatsoever. I think, are they doing this for Kenshin as well? Is that the other one that they I, announced I wanna this I want to say with? yes. I think so. They're, they're going to do this for, it's kind of like keeping their flagship properties in the public eye again. They don't want Dragon Ball to go away because it was a big thing for them. Obviously, Naruto is the biggest thing right now. And you can see that they're kind of doing with Naruto what they did with Dragon Ball, where, all right, we're putting out these monthlies, but we got to get to the good stuff. For them, that's the time skip in Naruto. They're like, let's take this out of Shonen Jump. Okay, we're going to do three volumes a month. And then by February, we're going to be at the time skip. We're going to be caught up. Everyone's going to love us. We'll be the heroes of Naruto fandom. So it's kind of like what they did with Dragon Ball where they're like, we're not getting to the end of Boo fast enough. Let's take it out of Shonen Jump. We'll do a graphic novel release. So Viz is pretty big on doing this kind of stuff. We're re-releasing the same thing over and over and interrupting kind of a parallel to Funimation where they interrupt their own release to do another better release of something. But at least in the Smaller shown than jump-sized graphic novels. This whole thing is out. All forty-two volumes are out in this format. You can go buy them for seven ninety-five. Although the problem is the number of um,
1: printings yes. per volume. Be very careful of that. Look on the yeah, if you what look, is on the
0: front in the front or in the back. It's page one. I guess it's technically page two. If you look on this page, where you know we usually skip over this stuff because there's no pictures on it. But you can see, it'll say first printing year, and you want to make sure it doesn't say second printing or third printing there. You want to go for the first printing as much as you can. So don't be afraid to look through the shelves to see if you can get any of those earlier printings. you will at least be guaranteed somewhat more uncensored artwork in there. But how about the future in Japan? Don't know. Everything is out. The entire Kanzenban has come out. Um, Nekomajin is out in a Kanzenban form. They're kind of done with everything. The whole series is out on DVD. The whole series is out in manga form. We have video games that are out and pretty much complete. We don't know where Dragon Ball is going to go from here. So, as far as we know, it's over. It was a great ride while it lasted. We keep getting new toys. We'll probably get some new video games on next gen systems. But as far as the manga is concerned, it's uh, done in a pretty complete format. So, that Do you is. Any anniversaries or anything? Uh, we had the 20th anniversary of the manga in 2005 the tv series started in 86 so we've already had the 20th anniversary of that so the next big thing will probably be 25th anniversary of the manga yeah. and or the tv series when that comes around nothing's been announced about any kind of anniversary things. Um, I guess we can mention a couple other significant Dragon Ball manga-related things that happened in Japan. It's not part of the series. Toriyama and Oda of One Piece fame did something called Cross Epic, which was a, um, like a single-chapter crossover between the two series that was put out in uh, Monthly Jump in Japan. And it was just a silly, fun story about the characters getting together. I think Peeloff and Buggy are in cahoots, and uh, Trunks and Zoro. Was it Trunks and Zoro that were together? Or Piccolo and Zoro that were together, something like that. They have the little pairs of people. There are people out on a boat, and they're all... It's just fun times. Um, For the anniversary of Kochikame, and I will never pretend to be able to pronounce the entire Japanese title... Um but it's been going for a really long time. Toriyama and this author kinda of collaborated and it's this story about Riosan who's a police officer. He I guess he gets sent to Namek because maybe he's not doing a great job, so he's got a parole over there. So he comes across Frieza in his spaceship and he's like, Um I'm I'm gonna let you off the hook this time, just a warning, you know, you're illegally parked, maybe you should move your spaceship, so we'll take it. Frieza blows him up. <laughs> comes back up, he's hurt a little bit. He's like, All right, you know what? I'm going to have to give you a ticket this time. You're not following my directions. It blows him up again. I think Vegeta's there at the same time. And they realize that he's a gag manga character. He can't die. <laughs> what? So Frieza blasts off. <laughs> and I guess at the very end, Goku shows up. And he's like, hey, where's that Frieza guy you guys were talking about? And I think he um, gives Goku a ticket for his spaceship as well. Something like that. So fun times over there. Um, let's talk about Neko Majin, which you saw a little bit of in this monthly jump here. That was a kind of like a self- parody that Toriyama did of the Dragon Ball series. It began with just Nekomajin Gaidu or Nekomajin is here. And there were two chapters of that. There's a Nekomajin Mike about a specific one named Mike, And then there was Nekomajin Z, which ran for five chapters. That was kind of the, the flagship of the series there's a character named Z he's a magical cat and we come to find out that he trained under Son Goku we have appearances by Kuriza who is Frieza's son we have another Saiyajin named Onio we have Vegeta we have Goku we have Majin Buu that all show up over the course of the series so that was Toriyama I think he's described it as deadline hell, where Dragon Ball went for so long, he had to keep pumping it out. He's like, all right, I'm done. I'm just doing one chapter whenever the hell I feel like putting out a chapter. I think there are years in between a couple of chapters, and then four and five were one month apart. So he just kind of does things at his own will. Was there one more crossover that I'm forgetting? Anyone think of one? There's Cross Epic, the Kochikame one. Maybe that's oh, what I'm yeah. thinking of. There was um, Every year, I believe it is, there's this gag manga special that comes out from Jump, and the author of Bobobo Bo, Yoshio Sawai, did this parody. I think it's Tenosuke and, is it Don Patch that, Don Patch. that plays Vegeta? It starts out as a direct parody oh, yeah. of the first fight between Goku and Vegeta, and eventually it just changes, and I think... Uh, Someone goes Super Saiyajin They're like You can't do that yet We're not at that point In the series yet What are you doing And the fight just starts Changing here and there There's a couple Like direct um, The panels are exact Copies of frames Like their poses Where they did the Little claw thing Starts out that way So that's pretty neat I don't think we know Of anything else That's coming out In the near future From Toriyama And even then He's kind of like Here's some designs Um, Now pay me Go with it (laughs) Have fun Oh, well. Is there Dragon Quest yeah, Toriyama's always doing designs for the Dragon Quest games. You know, he draws a new slime every year or so and he gets a paycheck. So that's pretty neat. <laughs> exactly, he's just sleeping in his piles of money from Dr. at Dragon Ball. He's like, I don't have to work anymore. This is great. Here's, here's, uh, this slime has a triangle on his head. Yeah, give me a million bucks. So. Oh, Blue Dragon. They look at, you know, we have Gohan in essentially your outfit. We have him in the green. He looks, we've got in Dragon Quest VIII, there's Trunks that goes super saiyan so that's pretty interesting so Toriyama's designs are very distinct but at the same time it makes them very very similar to each other and after 20 30 40 50 60 years of Toriyama will We'll just come full circle again to Dr. Slump. And he won't even remember that he drew Dr. Slump. he will be like, oh, yeah, I came up with this great new series. This is a little girl, she's a robot. She pokes poop. Isn't this great? They'll be like, um, sir, you've done this before. <laughs> he won't know the difference. He, he forgets all stuff about the series. Uh, there have been some recent interviews with him where he's like, I don't really like manga that much. I don't really remember anything about what I wrote. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. So. He's getting
1: pretty old. Yeah. Tall,
0: I don't remember exactly. You
1: forgot he made Roshi.
0: I forgot. So maybe I'm like Toriyama now. So we have five minutes left in the panel. Uh, we, I already know that the next panelist is in the room. Does anyone have any questions they'd like to ask about the Dragon Ball manga, uh, its history, its various releases, any of the censoring in the American release, any of that kind of stuff? Any questions? All? Oh. No? All right. Cool. Then that means we did a fantastic job and... <laughs> You You know everything there is to know. You can't wait to go buy your manga. If any of you um, didn't get one of these flyers, it has uh, all the covers of all the Japanese-American releases, the Japanese text for them, some of the censoring examples. We do a weekly podcast about Dragon Ball, so if you even remotely enjoyed what you just learned about and heard, um, check out Daizenshu EX. We're heading up on episode 100 of the show, so uh, be sure to check that out. And... uh, Thank you very much, and I know a lot of you, so we'll hang out and talk with some of you, and uh, check you later. Bye-bye.